Hello and good evening, dear listener. Is it Thursday already? Yes, it is. Doesn't the week go really quickly at the moment? The year's flying by for Christmas soon. Um, what have I got for you tonight? Well, I've got the usual. I've got the Holy Trinity. I've got all sorts of stuff. I've got, uh, I've got loads of seasonal stuff in for some reason tonight. I don't know why I've managed to do that, but I have nothing to do with Vivaldi, of which more later. In the meantime, here is something that's quite interesting. We're going to have a big start. We've got to strap into the rocket because we're about to join all those fabulous people. C3PO and all those other guys fighting the Federation in the Star Wars.
Oh, letting those last chords just drift away there. John Williams, the uh, composer of that amazing piece of work, Star Wars, conducted the London Symphony Orchestra all by himself. <laughs> He's just that good. <laughs> He's over 90 now, isn't he? Unbelievable. What a, what an achievement. Anyway, Star Wars, what an, and that's, that's a strange thing, isn't it? I'm not a great sci-fi person myself, um, but there's people that have made an absolute fortune one way or another. I mean, forget the people that uh, produced and directed and starred in the movies. All the people that have bought and sold um, model figures and various other things. People have made livings out of it. <laughs> did did, uh, did Steven Spielberg know what he was getting into? Was it wasn't him. No, it wasn't him, though, did it? It was the other guy. You know who I mean. It'll come to me in a minute. It's the same guy that did Avatar, isn't it? Anyway, that guy that did Star Wars, the guy that produced it and everything, he's the guy. And it wasn't Steven Spielberg. I'm, I can hear you all screaming at the radio. Anyway, I hope you've all had a good week. Thanks to Gavin for the last two hours of the Cowboy Show. Shall I move swiftly on because I, I, I make a, an idiot of myself or an even more bigger idiot than I normally do? <laughs> hope you've had a great week. I've had a very busy week as always. Uh, lots going on. Can't complain, so I won't. Let's dash on. Let's dash on, shall we? To the Merry Widow, yes, she of the huge fortune left to her by her late husband, who became remarkably very attractive <laughs> to lots of other men. Was it her or was it the uh, the, the pocketbook? I don't know. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to make any judgments here. But let's have a, a lovely listen to this. This is very jolly.
just wonderful. You can hear the uh, cymbals on there at the end, can't you? So the percussionist, I hope he had his earplugs in. <laughs> you don't want to be clashing the cymbals that many times and not have your earplugs in. But that was Lahars, wasn't it? Lahars, Merry Widow, the overture thereof, and uh, the National Philharmonic Orchestra under under Richard Bonning. I always want to say Bonning. I know I say it every time, but whenever I see his name, it's spelt B-O-N. Y-N-G-E. Well, I'm sorry, but that's an ng sound, isn't it? Bonning. Anyway, he says Bonning. I say Bonning, but I suppose I ought not to be rude to him. Bonning. But yes, Franz Lahal's wonderful Merry Widow. Just a great bit of opera. Although we weren't singing there because that was the overture. Now, this is one of my very favourite pieces of music. I often play this and this is, uh, this comes up, uh, I don't want to say with boring regularity because it's not a boring piece of music. It can't be because it's just that good. So it is the it is the jolly part of the show. Well, it's all jolly, isn't it? Because it's happy classics. But this is the the happy, lively, run around the kitchen and do whatever you want to do part of the show. <laughs> and um, and this is dance on number two. So um, do not be fooled. Do not be fooled by how quietly this piece of music starts. Because once it gets going, it so so gets going, and you are allowed to get going with it.
themselves there. <laughs> I just love that. That was the Simon Bolivar Youth Orchestra of Venezuela, conducted by the dude himself, Gustavo Dudamel, with Marquez's dance on number two. So I defy you to tell me that you weren't moving about a bit to that, because even though I, I remained seated, and sometimes I don't, trust me, there are pieces of music that make me get up and just throw shapes for want of a better phrase so I'm so glad you can't see it when it happens but um, I didn't actually get up and dance to that one but I, I could not stop myself from moving around on my chair wriggling around a bit and you know shrugging my shoulders and doing a little shimmy and everything <laughs> tell me that you didn't and I won't believe you oh dear, dear, dear. I'm very naughty aren't I challenging you to lie to me or to say nah Denise I didn't I didn't move that didn't do it for me well maybe something else will maybe this will now this is something we don't normally get Mozart this early in the show and this is our the first of our Holy Trinity tonight so Holy Trinity for those of you that are uninitiated I'm not expecting you to um, be in church for this. We are not, uh, it's not that kind of church. This is the Church of uh, Happy Classics, and you are very welcome. Um, but yes, Mozart, Beethoven and Bach make a regular appearance. In fact, they're, they're, they're here pretty much every week because they are indeed my holy trinity and I can't pick between them. It just depends on the mood I'm in. If someone said, pick your favourite, uh, pick your favourite composer, Denise, I'm not sure I could because, um, you know, sometimes it's not even one of the three. It's somebody else. It just depends on your mood, doesn't it? I was finding, you know, certain, I've, I felt a bit sort of meh this week. I found myself feeling pretty meh yesterday morning. So I was, I was driving somewhere. I thought, do you know what? And this is going to sound a bit daft because it, classical music isn't my only thing, you know. I, I'm a bit of a disco diva as well, you know, 70s and 80s stuff, which just about throws you my age, which is a shame, but never mind. Um, so I just put on some 1980s music on this long drive. And I was, by the time I'd finished, I was singing my head off and I was feeling a whole lot better. So if you're having a bit of a meh, day. I hope that uh, bit of um, Marquez did it for you. If not, this most certainly will. This is a great piece of Mozart. Symphony number 29 in A major. And it's the first movement, the Allegro Moderato. And uh, it's just lovely, but still lively and jolly and puts a smile on your face.
Oh, that's a great bit of Mozart, isn't it? <laughs> well, is there a piece of Mozart that isn't great? I don't know. If you know of one, please do let me know. <laughs> but I'm not going to say there is. That was the Sartscapella Dresden, and they were conducted by Sir Colin Davis. So also, for, from memory, from time to time, he also conducted my very favourite orchestra, the, the Academy of St Martin in the Fields, which, of course, plays my lovely opening music every Thursday evening. Well, where are you this evening? Somewhere wonderful, I hope. Maybe sitting outside, enjoying a bit of sunshine, late summer sunshine. Maybe not. Uh, maybe you're in the UK. Maybe not, because, of course, we are an internet radio station. And uh, maybe you listen to me on podcast and you're thinking, what's one of them? <laughs> If you don't know what a podcast is, and to be fair, there are one or two people out there that still haven't uh, worked out that they can take every single one of us, every one of the uh, SVR uh, presenters, you can put us in your pocket and take us around with you wherever you want to go. So um, we've got all sorts of shows. Go and have a look. I mean, if you found me on the website, then you can have a look what else we've got. We've got the lovely... Gavin, who does 93,000 shows a week, that's a slight exaggeration, but he is probably, other than the boss, the hardest working member of the team. He has a show pretty much every day, bar Wednesday. He does his cowboy show, his listener's choice, all sorts of stuff. The boss does his blues, of course, Bob, and uh, we've got um, our storyteller, Janet. We've got uh, the lovely Anthony does his jazz show on a Wednesday, the fantastic, lively Full of energy. Where does she get it from? April does her high energy dance show on a Friday. We've got our lovely folky guys on a Monday. Oh, there's all sorts. There's everything. So if you can't listen at a particular time that suits you, you can actually just take us, download us and take us wherever you want and listen to us wherever you like. And there's nothing wrong with that, is there? I don't mind you carrying me around. I'm only small. What have we got now? Ah, yes. Now I did mention... (laughs) Oh, I did mention um, I had something around seasons, but it was purely by accident and nothing to do with Vivaldi. But I actually did have another piece of Vivaldi in the show. And here it is. Now, this is a great piece of music. And this is another one where you will find yourself, if you're not swaying from side to side, I'll be absolutely astounded. Let me know, or at least nodding your head to this one. This is from his um, piece called Gloria, which, of course, is a mass. I think it's a mass, is it? I think it probably is. And I've sung the whole thing, not all by myself, uh, because I am a member of the local core society. But this is the, my favourite part of the Gloria, which is uh, the fourth movement, which is Domine Fili Unigenite. And um, I often tell this story when I play this piece of music because uh, Chris Emmett, our um, MD, at the time I was standing on the back row because that's where I was hiding because I sing tenor, because I can't sing soprano, not with this voice that's in the basement. Anyway, so, and I found myself doing that swaying from side to side thing. And he said, well, the person, I think it was very new to the, uh, very new to the choir at the time. Well, the person who's, who's, way, who's swaying from side to side, dancing on the back, can they please stand still? And of course, he was talking about me. Anyway, he moved me to the front where he could see me. In fact, he moved all the tenors to the front because we are very few in number. So if you are, if you can sing tenor and you'd like to join Sidmouth Chorus Society, just go on our website and have a look. But please, please, please do come along. Anyway, so he's got the half a dozen tenors now near the front so that we're not singing through the rest of the choir. And also it means he can keep his eye on the dancer. That would be me. Anyway, do enjoy this. It's a fantastic piece of music. Tell me if you don't find yourself swaying from side to side.
I wish that piece was like 20 minutes long. <laughs> it's really short. It's only two minutes long. Well, two minutes and 20 seconds, according to my uh, my little thingy here. But I do wish that that was, you know, a bit longer. Maybe I should put it on a loop and play it in the car for an hour. But I would have no voice left if I did. But what vo- voices they were. Fantastic singers. That was the choir of King's College, Cambridge, doing a fantastic job. Stephen Clearbury. Their uh, conductor doesn't say who the orchestra was, but I should imagine they've got their own in-house orchestra to do uh, the King's College Cambridge Singers. So now we've got a piece of piano music. Now, for those of you that listen to me on a regular basis, you'll know that I got grade five. (laughs) Didn't go any further. Wish I had. And quite often I'll say, oh, I wish I kept up the lessons. Uh, But here's Murray Pereira. And he certainly did keep up the lessons. There's a bit of Chopin, a man who was so shy he would play piano in the dark. And this is um, Chopin's Fantasy Impromptu in C sharp minor.
Well, there's a man with ten fingers on each hand by the sound of it. Good grief, that's fast, isn't it? How on earth do you get all those notes in there? Fantastic piece of music. Wonderful. I love a bit of Chopin. Well, why wouldn't you? We all do. I say that about every piece of music I play. I'm sorry to be so boring. Oh, did it, did it. Let's move on. Let's move on. So somebody else with magic fingers. Should I say that? I think I probably should say that. Um, I'm always amazed when you hear Spanish guitar about how how you can get all those notes. It sounds, it normally sounds like two guitars, doesn't it, when you get someone playing that. But we've got Paco de Lucia playing um, Rodrigo's Concierto Aranjuez now. And it's just, I think, how'd you do all that? <laughs> Let's have a listen, see if we can work out how he does it. Thank you. 
Oh, it's just a great piece of music, isn't it? I do love a bit of Spanish guitar. And uh, Craig Ogden's really good, isn't he? He's Australian. But he's, um, he's a great exponent of classical Spanish guitar. But that, of course, wasn't him. <laughs> that was somebody completely different. The Orchest- Orchestra de Cadaqués under Edmund Colomer, I think that's how you pronounce it, was um, backing up our lovely uh, Spanish guitarist this evening, Paco de Lucia, or Frank to his mates, I'm sure. Yeah, there's lots of uh, lots of fancy finger work going on there. I don't know how he does it. I'm not very good. I'm not very dexterous, I have to say. You're talking to a woman here who has, who has smashed two glasses at home in the last two days. <laughs> I am so clumsy. Um, I don't know why I ever have nice things because they don't last very long. I was more I was more upset. I don't do an awful lot of drinking. I have to say I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker. But the other night I got in from work. I thought, you know, what? I just fancy a G and T. Well, I'd put the G in, in, in the in the glass and my lovely crystal tumbler. I'd added my slice of lemon, three ice blobs, and next thing you know. I had not yet introduced the tonic, but the the glass plus G and uh, ice and lemon were uh, in pieces on the floor. So it wasn't so much the glass I was worried about. That's a whole gin that's gone west. <laughs> and then I broke one this morning as well. Well, and I managed to cut myself at the same time. So I'm, you know, I'm just not fit to be let out, really. I need a responsible adult. So if anybody's out there that doesn't mind, you know, volunteering to be my responsible adult, you'd be more than welcome because... Uh, I'm obviously being a bit, you know, useless, but never mind. Uh, maybe I ought to get those. I was in Waitrose the other day and they have those. They look like glasses, don't they? But they're plastic. <laughs> maybe I should get some of them. I don't know. But I do like, I do, if I, if on the, on the rare occasion I do have a drink, I do like to feel the weight of the glass in my hand. I have to say, I do like that. So, um, I might just have to put a couple of crystal glasses on my shopping list or my Christmas list and I'll tell my boys. To, to get them for me. It's quite interesting about Christmas because my eldest, Richard, he's he's very canny, actually. And it's either because I've got such a bad memory, he'll say, what do you want for Christmas, mum? He'll ask me some sort of time in July or August or something. And I'll, and I'll say, oh, I don't know. What about this? What about that? And then I'll completely forget what it is that I've said that I would like. Next thing you know, I open this Christmas present or birthday present, whatever it is he's bought me. And I'm like, oh, how lovely. How did you know I needed one of those? <laughs> yeah, you told me in July. Okay. <laughs> But it's quite good. So, um, so yeah, so I, I might just drop a little hint to Richard or Lewis uh, to say, mm, your mother's just managed to smash two of her glasses in two days. How about it? And uh, maybe I shall have a whole new set of lovely crystal tumblers come December the 25th. So um, I did mention that uh, I was putting the show together. And I think, like, why have I got so many things in about um, weather and uh and seasons. Well, here we go. Primavera, which of course means spring. And um, I was tempted to play Peter Ludovico Arnaudi last week. I ended up playing Alberto Giroli instead, who sounds just like him. But you know what? I can't resist the temptation, not least because Ludo is going to be in the UK uh, in the autumn. I'm still sort of trying to wangle away to go and see him. I'm trying to think, can I take a day off work and go up to Cardiff? Or I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But here we go. Here he is. Ludovico Arnaudi composed and plays Primavera.
just beautiful, just beautiful. Can't fault Ludovico Arnaudi. I just think he's amazing. Wax lyrical about him anymore because you'll start turning off. She's off on a riff again. She's doing it again. So I'll just quickly scamper along. Scamper along, that's the word, scamper, to Carl Jenkins. Now you're going to think, oh, she's going to play a bit from the Arm Man or maybe, you know, the Addy Amos or something like that. No, I'm not. I'm not. Found this only today. I thought, ooh, fancy that. Now I was sitting in the office of the day and uh, listening to some music. I always have a bit of music on the background. And my colleague Jane, I was sitting there and we were listening to classical music. And it's amazing how many um, how many pieces of music are used for TV adverts. And uh, one of the ones was the Tchaikovsky dance the, of the the, the, the Merlotons. Yeah, the, the, the Fruit and Nutcase music. And Jay goes, oh, Fruit and Nut. And I said, yeah. Next thing you know, this one turned up. You know the one, British Airways. And she said, it's not the British Airways tune. Yes, it is. Also known as the Dalib Flower Duet. Now, normally you'd have to, a soprano and, well, is it two sopranos or a mezzo soprano and a soprano singing this? But I found one, um, Carl Jenkins has remastered and it's, um, it's for orchestra, but it's with a band, the Corey Band. So I had a little listen to it. I haven't listened to it all the way through. Let's have a go. It's only a minute and 40 and, uh, but let's just see what we think of the Flower Duet for band. we think of that what do we th- i think it's quite lovely actually it's quite peaceful isn't it it's very difficult with it when you think of brass bands you always think of marches and uh all the sort of gung-ho stuff and we've got a beautiful brass band don't we here in sidmouth and i was privileged to see them play um at the recent folk festival and they also play every Sunday evening, don't they, throughout the summer at uh, Connaught Gardens. And they're a great band. And so you always think of that sort of thing with brass bands. But that was just delightful, wasn't it? So is this, because this is our second our second member of our Holy Trinity. And I've, I've often played this one because it's such a lovely, lovely people. Well, they're all lovely, aren't they? So sheep may safely graze. I hope so. I hope so, because we've had plenty of lovely rain. Far too much of it. 
but a fair amount of sunshine. So there's plenty of grass out there for those lovely sheep and not to mention the cows. And um, so hopefully the sheep where you are, if you are anywhere near any sheep, are, are safely grazing. I quite often pass sheep when I'm driving here. Then, but the joys of living in Devon, you often pass those little uh, fields with uh, animals. And I grew up opposite a tar works in Liverpool, so to see animals happily gambling around and you know chewing the cud and all those other things, I always find it quite lovely. And so did Bark because he wrote this.
Oh, they must be very happy sheep, don't you think? Happily grazing. <laughs> I hope so. The lovely Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra there were conducted by Richard Heyman. Now, um, in recent weeks, I've been, and I've just done it, haven't I? I've just done this, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, my, my thoughts are scattered. I'll tell you what I've just done and what I've been doing over the last recent weeks, because that wasn't very coherent, was it? No, Denise, it wasn't. So the last few weeks, I've been sort of picking up pieces that I know and have played many a time, and I've done it to a different, uh, when it's been fashioned for something else. So that piece of, um, that Jenkins piece there, that was, I can't remember what it was I played. No, da, 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 what was it? You tell me what it was. Da, 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 da. The Flower Duet, that's it, thank you. Flower Duet, re- remastered by Carl Jenkins for orchestra and band. Um, very different from uh, mezzo-soprano and so- uh, soprano-soloist duetting. And here's an- another such, because this is the um, Wedding Day at Trollhagen. And um, instead of playing piano, which it normally is, this is the Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra. So it's sort of been um, beefed up a bit. So rather than just one instrument, we've got the whole symphony. So let's have a listen to this.
Well, that was a bit lively, wasn't it? The whole orchestra there with um, Grieg's Wedding Day at Trollhagen, normally done by solo piano, but not so bad there, by the Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra under Sebastian... Oh, gosh, I can't remember his surname. I'm, gonna, I'm having a moment. Langlessing, sorry. Sebastian Langlessing, I did have it there on my playlist. Sack me now. Good job the boss isn't here. You didn't spot that one. Now, you might remember this one. I think I was a bit young when this was on the telly, or I might have just been um, too busy having a life uh, to watch it at the time. Because I, I sort of, when you sort of um, leave home for the first time and you're out there working, you're sort of getting in amongst it, aren't you? You don't stay in and watch the telly as much as you would have done when you were at home with your mum and dad. But I think this was on the telly when I was sort of getting out there and being a nuisance. Brighthead Revisited. Remember that one? Yay. So I like this. I like, I like, uh, I like it. And I also like the Morse and the Endeavour series and all those and Lewis because, of course, they're all shot in Oxford. I lived in Oxford for a while and my eldest lives and works, uh, in Oxford or li- works in Oxford, lives near o- Oxford. So I often get up there and it's such a beautiful city. It's amazing. And when you think how little it has changed over the years, and you can get there on a quiet day because if you go up and if you used to go up now, you'd have struggle, you'd be struggling around with all the, with all the tourists. But if you can get up there on a quiet day, it, you know, you'd, you'd be hard pressed not to just close your eyes and then open them again and think, yeah, these, these colleges have been here for hundreds of years. It's just so evocative. I, I just love it as a city. And so we are going to hear Brideshead Revisit, which, of course, based in, in that city. And um, it just says Philharmonia. That, that's who's playing it. But, of course, um, the guy that wrote it. Oh, do you know what? I am so having a moment. I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, whoever it was. <laughs> the boss is definitely going to sack me now, but I've got to get it up now. Mutter, mutter, stalking butter. Jeffrey Bergen. That's the guy. I knew that. I really did know that. It just popped out of my head. I'm having a moment. It's late in the evening, of course. Any excuse. It's a good job you stick with the show, really, isn't it? <laughs> and I know that I do have regular listeners because now and again, one or two of them will ping me and say, nice show tonight, Denise. And I'm sure I'm going to get people saying, Denise, do you want to get a grip <laughs> after tonight? But anyway, Philharmonia is going to play Jeffrey Bergen's wonderfully evocative piece from Brideshead Revisited.
So have you got your bear there, Aloysius? <laughs> well, that's the name of the bear that Simon Ward carried around, wasn't it? We all like a little stuffed toy. I've got a stuffed toy. It's not a toy, actually. My aunt bought me this um, this little lamb. And he's one of these things that you, you put it, he's, he's full of wheat beans or something, and you put him in the microwave and you you... you you, you ping him for 90 seconds or two minutes or whatever it is. And it, it's like a hot water bottle. And so I've called this little lamb Leo. <laughs> and Leo has got more than one job because um, I also put Leo um, on the stairs to remind me that I've got washing in the washing machine. I know that sounds a bit of a daft thing to do because I sort of run around and quite busy most of the week. Um, the last thing you want when you put some washing on is to remind yourself three days later it's still in there and then you open the, the, the washing machine and it smells. Yuck. So whenever I've got washing in, because I've got a, a memory like a sieve, I put Leo on the stairs to remind me to go and open the washing machine and take the washing out. So Leo keeps me warm, especially my feet, because if my feet are cold, I'm cold everywhere, and also tells me to get the washing out. So he's, he's a very busy lamb. <laughs> I know what you're all thinking. Now she's completely lost the plot. Yes, I have. But did I have the plot in the first place? Who knows? Who cares? It doesn't matter, does it? Who cares when there's so much fantastic music going on? Who needs a plot? Well, you can get your posh frocks on now, folks, because we're going to a ball.
Well, I hope you enjoyed your ball there, Cinderella. <laughs> it wasn't Cinderella, of course. It was the Symphonie Fantastique by Berlioz, the London Symphony Orchestra there under Sir Colin Davis. Didn't we have him earlier on in the show? Good grief, you can't keep a good man down, can you? That's the second movement of that particular symphony, by the way, the ball. I do love a posh frock. <laughs> I haven't got too many of them, but, you know, on the rare occasions that I step out of an evening, I do like to dress up, but it is pretty rare these days, got to say. I'm much more relaxed. I'm going to play, play a piece of music, less than a minute long, less than a minute long. And I've got a little story about this because I was, put, I was just, I thought, can I put that in the show? It's 53 seconds. <laughs> I was like, yeah, go on. And there's, I've got, I've got very happy memories of this piece of music because I'm, I'm sitting in my head. I'm sitting in a, my infant school. That's how long ago it was. This is the first piece of classical music I think I ever heard. And back in the day, it was, we, we had a, a, a teacher called, Mrs. Cunningham, also Miss Cunningham, Miss Cunningham. And every now and again, she would, um, she'd get the, the, what was effectively a, a record player out, an old sort of radiogram type thing. And she'd put on a, 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 an LP, for want of a better word. Remember them? Remember them? Vinyl? It's making a comeback, you know, vinyl. And she'd put, and then she'd, and then she'd play odd pieces of classical music from time to time. And this is the very first one. So whenever I hear this music, I am straight back in that classroom with Miss Cunningham, who I have to say, and this is where as, as a, as a, a very young child, I'm thinking, why has she changed her name to Mrs. Pinkman? And of course she got married. But I, I, those, in those days, I didn't work it out. It took me a while. I'm still not quite sure. Anyway, but yeah, Miss Cunningham, who became Mrs. Pinkman. I hope she's still with us. I mean, she was lovely, but she introduced me to classical music. And this is the very first piece. Was it yours? just divine isn't it peter and the wolf of course by prokofiev and um that was the royal liverpool philharmonic orchestra and of course my hometown orchestra under vasily petrenko and that's just a great piece of music isn't it because you actually get the whole album each animal or whatever's going on is represented by a different instrument isn't it so that little riff there that's peter isn't it and then you've got the various the birds and everything else and the wolf himself and everything and um, and I just think that's just such a delightful way of introducing children to classical music. Although I have to say, if you just play it in the background at home, you know, and you've got youngsters around, they just they, they just pick it up by osmosis. You don't have to make an issue out of it. So um, and people say, you know, oh, you know, it's, it, uh, classical music, it's so, it's so inaccessible. The heck it is. That's why they use it on the telly all the time and for ads and in films and stuff, because, you know, it's it's extremely accessible and you cannot say that that delightful little piece of music, if you were to go, and then and next thing, you'd probably hear a small child singing that back at you. 
And I'm, I'm sure that would be the case. And who was who else was it that did it? Um, the Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra, Benjamin Britten, wasn't it? Da, 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 you know the one. So, and uh, and I think anything that um, I don't know just introduces people to the right thing. But you don't have to be introduced to it because it's all around you. I keep saying, you know, people say they don't like classical music, but they really do. Because it's on the telly all the time. It's on the films all the time. And I've been watching, I don't do an awful lot of television watching, but I did four hours of ironing at the weekend. I know you're thinking, surely, Denise, you should be feeling really sad about that. But I really love ironing. <laughs> do you know why? It's order out of chaos, isn't it? You've got a jumble of, you know, creased up old clothes. Well, not old, but necessarily creased up stuff. And by the time you finish, you've got a lovely individual piles of, you know, smoothly ironed things. I think I'm so sad. Get out and get a life, Denise. But no, four hours of ironing. And of course, I'm, I'm sort of working my way through the Morse series, even though I've seen them a million times. And of course, it's full of classical music, is Morse. So anyone watching Morse in the 80s, would have just been exposed to all sorts of stuff, particularly opera, because he was big on opera, wasn't he, Inspector Morse? Not my favourite, but, you know, you still hear some. It's lovely. Where am I going now? Beethoven. This is, an, I think this is our third and final member of our Holy Trinity. I did go off on a little riff there. I do get very excited about classical music. I'm so sad that I came to it as late as I did, because even though I, I got Peter and the Wolf when I was very tiny, it wasn't until, until much later that I got into, seriously got into classical music. But uh, anyway, you get there in the end, and aren't you just glad that you did? I'll stop waffling and get on with it. Beethoven, as I said, Beethoven. And everybody knows this one. This is his pathétique symphony. And Daniel Barenboim is going to take us right there.
Oh, that's just gorgeous, isn't it? Beethoven's Piano Sonata Number no. 8 in C minor, the second movement known as the Pathétique. Daniel Barenboim obviously kept up the lessons. Beautiful. Bit of handle now, and um, yeah, sometimes I'd say, sometimes, depending on the mood, I'd say, yeah, he's he's up there with, with the Mozarts and the Beethovens and the Bachs. Just love him. This is... Um, that's just Joe Pach- Pianja, I'll say it right, sort of. Arranged for cello and orchestra, normally a choral, not a choral piece, but a solo piece, a bit of opera. Let's have a go with this then. It's just absolutely beautiful, but then most of Handel's stuff is.
I could hear the harpsichord on that, couldn't you? <gasps> the London Symphony Orchestra there under Robert Ziegler with a bit of handle. Nothing wrong with that. Now, General Finzi, he's in that school of um, composers, light English classical is how you'd say it, isn't it? Ronald Binge was another one, and uh, you could say Ernest Tomlinson was a third, couldn't you? Anyway, he did five bagatelles, didn't he, Finzi? And this is the full honour, the number four from that, just divine. It's just delightful, isn't it? Normally played on clarinet, that piece of music, but, but Amy Dixon, Antipodean classical saxophonist, was playing there. Nicholas Colomb was conducting her along with the Aurora Orchestra. Bit of something different, lovely. Got uh, an Ave Maria now. There's any number of those, isn't there? But this is the one by um, Charles Goudon, I think his name is. I can never pronounce it right. Let me just get it. Let me see if I've got it right here. Gunard, not Gudon, Gunard. 
or Gounod, probably Gounod, Charles Gounod, let's say that, sounds better, doesn't it? Ave Maria, arranged for cello and piano, so Yo-Yo Ma, that wonderful exponent of the cello, and Catherine Stott on the piano. lovely isn't it well it's all been lovely i hope you've enjoyed the show this evening we're down to our last piece only a short piece from sanson his carnival of the animals it's the fish in the aquarium so i hope you enjoy our watery end (laughs) to the show this evening i certainly hope you'll enjoy uh, my show next thursday or join me for my show next thursday eight o'clock till ten here on sid valley radio until then good night